Matthew 9, starting at verse 9, it says, As Jesus passed on from there, so he's just come from a situation, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and he followed him. And we're not going to say much about that. But what we are going to pick up is this next bit. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, loads of tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. So the disciples are sat there in a house, having a meal, and all of a sudden, loads of tax collectors and people with all sorts of problems and issues, they're labelled sinners. So you can put in there who you want. Um, you might even want to put yourself in that group if you're not having a great day. But there was all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds. I think of myself being there before I knew Jesus. I was far from God. And all these people were attracted to Jesus and there was room at the table for them to sit with the most holiest person that's ever lived. There was room at that table. He, he made room at the table. They were allowed to enter right in to the holiest place, a seat right next to Jesus, just straight out of the bat. Isn't that exciting? We want there to be loads more room at the table in here at Costa. Might mean we need to change venues at some point. There's always got to be room for one more. Whether that's a family moving to Sittingbourne, there always needs to be room at the table for one more. Is that okay? See a few nodding heads. Great. So that's not the main point. But um, it would be a great one if it was. And so as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, all these people came to him. Verse 11, and when the Pharisees saw this, so these are the religious guys of the age, they're not bad people. They're God-fearing people. They think they're doing the right thing. They're honouring the law. They're very serious about honouring the law. They've got it together. These are faithful believers in the God of Israel. Yeah? They're not the bad guys that we often as you know, kind of modern Christians, oh, those Pharisees, where they got it all so wrong. These guys were being really faithful, more faithful probably than any of us are being in observing the law, in their Bible reading, in their prayer. These guys have really got it together, yeah? And they saw this and they said to Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher, so interestingly, we've seen this a lot, haven't we, through this gospel, how do people approach Jesus? Is it a prophet? Is it a teacher? Is it just a wise man? Is it the God of Israel? These Pharisees are seeing him as a teacher, okay? Why is it that your teacher eats with tax collectors and sinners? What's going on? They sort of say, we don't do that. Why are they doing that? That's going to affect our holiness. We're religious people. We, we, like, they stay away from us. We don't want that to infect us. We want to sort of, you know, you, you could, we could sort of do that ourselves, barricade ourselves in, have our little holy club. Don't let the heathens in with all their problems, all their brokenness. That's going to mess out. Like, they've got to sort themselves out, pull their bootstraps up. Before they get a seat at this table, that's not the heart of God, is it? What we see is that these people were straight up seats at the table with Jesus. And these guys have got questions about it. They're not accusing, they're just wondering what is going on. And Jesus hears this, verse 12, and he says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. So if you've not got COVID, you don't need to go to the doctors, do you? You've got COVID, you're probably going to need to, at some point, go to the doctors. Think of something worse. Cancer. That's deadly, isn't it? Sin is deadly. If you've not got cancer, you're fine. You don't need to go to the hospital. You don't need to have clean... If, if you've ever had anything like that declared over your life, you know the urgency of you need a doctor and you need one quick. You need the remedy. We're not messing around. Jesus is saying... These people need healing. These people need a saviour. These people need breakthrough. These people need to encounter God. 
The ones who've got it all together, the ones who are observing the law, the ones who think they've got it all right, the ones who don't know that they're dying, who think they've got it all together, they don't need it. And we'll see this again in a moment when he says, go and learn what this means. Go and learn what this means. This is the crux for me in this first bit. I desire mercy, Jesus, God made flesh. So what does God desire? God desires mercy and not sacrifice. If you're a religious person, if you know stuff about God, if you <laughs> don't point at your other half or the person that's brought you if you think that they're a religious person, but if you think that you've got it together, then you know the way to God is through sacrifice. You know the Old Testament law. It was through sacrifice. It was through finding a perfect lamb or a goat or a dove, laying your hand on it, and imputing your sin onto that animal. It would be sacrificed. The death that you deserve is now laid on this animal and God is appeased. Because for some strange reason, that's what appeases a holy God. And we're not to argue with that or find fault with that. It's just the way it works. Many of us who are in sin, we know that we... Like, I remember when I was in, in the worst of it, before I met God... I don't deserve to live. I'd be better off dead. We all know that we deserve that, that kind of judgment. But what Jesus says is, I don't desire this judgment. I don't desire this sacrifice. What I want is mercy. When people don't know their left hand from their right, when they don't know what's up and down, they don't know, know they need a saviour. They don't need they, they've got a sacrifice. They need mercy, not judgment. They need grace, not performance. They need loving open arms, not sort yourself out. They need a space at the table, not go and sort yourself out and come back when you're clean. Am I okay in saying that? This is the heart of God. This is what God wants. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Hope Church Sittingbourne has been birthed, not because we're here to sort out the churches in Sittingbourne, not because we're here to show other Christians how it ought to be done, but because there are 65,000 people, give or take a few thousand, in and around Sittingbourne who know nothing of God. They know nothing of, of righteousness. They know nothing of sacrifice. They know nothing of this holy way. And God has called us here, not so that we can talk to them about the judgment of God that's on them, but so we can talk about the mercy of God, that he loves them, that he laid his life down from he is the sacrifice. That we wouldn't stand there wagging our finger at everyone else, telling them where they've got it wrong, but we would be inviting people in to sit at the table with Jesus and say, this is what mercy looks like. This is what Jesus was doing, sat at the table, invited. There's always room for one more. Come on, guys. If there's not enough food, I'll pray and multiply it. There's loads. There's always more than enough. This has got to be more than something that we preach. This has got to be more than something that we do all together. This has got to be something that we do around our dinner tables. Every single one of you. Us. This is why we're here. And if this isn't why we're here, we shouldn't be here. This is what Jesus is about. This is what God is about. Mercy. Not judgment. An open door. Not a closed door. Interestingly, and this made me think of a prophetic word we have from the guys in Faversham, a drawbridge that's not up, but that is down. There are sojourners, there are travellers coming to Sittingbourne by the droves from London, from Europe, from everywhere else, from brokenness, not even from physical places. 
They need to find a seat at a huge banquet table in the castle, in the kingdom, next to us. May we be found with our drawbridge down and the lights on and food on the table, ready to welcome people in like the father, looking for the prodigal, the lost son, waiting that we would run at them and hug them, even when they're covered in the filth. That we would embrace brokenness like Jesus has embraced our brokenness. This is what the gospel looks like. I'm hoping if you're a believer here this morning, this is what Jesus has done to you. And if you're not feeling that, then I've, I would suggest that maybe there's something that's not quite in alignment right now in your spirit. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It certainly doesn't mean there's anything wrong with God. What it probably does mean is there is an enemy who stands before you accusing you of everything you've ever done wrong, of every time you've, you've missed the mark. And he wants you to stand in what? In judgment. Not in grace, not in mercy. Jesus has only got mercy for you. If you believe God has got anything else, you're not looking at God, you're looking the wrong way, you're looking at the devil. You're listening to the wrong, the wrong voice. You're hearing the voice of the only one who stands before the church and accuses it. It's not our job as a church to say, other oh, church is in Sittingbourne, this is where you've got it wrong, you've got to repent. The only person that does that is the devil. We are to operate out of mercy, not out of judgment. And if we ever find ourselves getting into this, we have got to repent. We have got to get down on our knees with weeping and wailing and say, God, would you save us from that demonic spirit of righteousness, self-righteousness, of religion, of judgment. We've been warned about that spirit. And as soon as we fall in agreement with it, it's got us. It's not us. It's not flesh and blood that we fight. It's powers and principalities, things in a heavenly realm. That we almost like, I'm going to get my wallet out just to show you. This is something I learned some years ago. This, this card gives me authority. It's not got a lot of money on it. In fact, it's probably got a lot of debt on it. But this, well, it hasn't really. But this, this card has got authority on it. The, the holder of this card has got the authority to spend my wife and I's money. <laughs> the little that we've got. Imagine this the, being the authority that God has entrusted to me as a believer, as an ambassador of his kingdom. As soon as I fall into agreement with anything that isn't of God, that is demonic, I hand this authority over. I have entrusted it to another. And that other can now stand there and use that against me, can accuse me, can lead me, can judge me, there is now another person pitched up in my life who has got me on remote control. This is how the demonic works. When you see it in the Bible, what does Jesus do? Every single time he casts it out. What does Paul do? He either mutes it or he casts it out. Every time they went, they delivered people. When people are baptised, what happens? They're delivered. This is what we're here for. Mercy, not judgement. Not wagging our finger and telling people everywhere they've ever got it wrong, but we're here for freedom. Um, how are we doing for time? Wow. There's a whole other bit that I've got to preach on. The next bit. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees... So this is now not the Pharisees that come in, this is John, the Baptist, the one who baptised Jesus. He comes along, well, their disciples come along and they're saying now to Jesus' disciples, why do we, so John's disciples and the Pharisees, we fast? So we've just had a week of prayer and fasting. Why do we fast, but your disciples 
they do not fast. What disciples would you rather be? The ones that fast or don't fast? I'd rather be the ones that don't fast. Um, I, I swear in the original manuscripts they've got it wrong and when they copied it down they missed an E out. It should have been prayer and feasting, not prayer and fasting. We <laughs> Prayer and donuts. But your disciples, they don't fast and Jesus then answers to them. So there's this, there's this strange thing going on. An old way, an old way of judgment. There is judgment on those who are far from God. But the way to fix that judgment isn't more performance, it's mercy, it's grace. And now this question is a similar thing. There's, a, there's an old way, yet the disciples are moving in a new way. Jesus says, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom, when Jesus is taken away from them, and then they will fast. There will be a period of fasting. And these are the interesting things that I wanted to pick out. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. So if I, I tear this top and say it was really old, I'm not going to get a piece of unshrunk cloth and stitch it to it. Okay? You just wouldn't do it. Why not? Because the patch is going to tear away from the garment and a worse tear is made. So he's saying you don't mix old and new. Okay? That's what he's saying there. And then the next one, interestingly, we spoke about these verses earlier. Neither is new wine... Beautiful, lovely, fresh, new wine. I love wine. Uh, that's probably a bit of a confession. <laughs> but neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst. The old skins, they burst. And the wine is spilled and the skin, skins are destroyed. So now you've not, only have you not got the new wine because it's all over the floor, but even the old skins are ruined. They can't hold it. They can't contain it. They will rip. They will tear. They will fall apart. But new wine is put into fresh, new wineskins. And so both are preserved. And so the essence here of what God is saying, I believe, to us, is that God has called us here. Our family, you guys here, those of you who are new, even those of you who are moving here online, those of you who are here that maybe haven't visited us yet, the reason we are here, I think, as believers is because he's pouring out a new wine. This is what all these images of the river are about, of the prophetic pictures of like heaven touching earth and there being a, like a rainbow waterfall hitting, sitting ball going up and down the high street with sparks of life. God wants to pour out his blessing in a new way. And what he wants isn't what went before. It's not an old wineskin. It's not an old piece of cloth. He wants something fresh. He wants something new. He wants something empty. He wants something available. He wants something fit for purpose. A new wineskin is all of those things. It's brand new, it's empty, it's pliable, it's fit for purpose. What would a rigid one look like? I'm not going to change. I want the old wine. Let's do what we did before. Let's try and replicate everything that we've ever done in ever ch any church we've ever been before. This is what these guys are saying. Like These guys fast, why are you not fasting? Jesus is like, this is only for a season. There will come a time when we'll look like that when we'll be doing that stuff. But right now, what we need to do is different. Some people think that Hope Church Sittingbourne is a cult. We meet in a coffee shop. It's not a religious building. Jesus, why is it that these disciples don't meet in the church building? They're not part of the organised church. Are they a cult? What do you think Jesus would say? I'm not looking for an old wineskin. I want something new. I want people that are ready, available, empty. I want to pour something out. It's going to bless sitting bomb. This isn't wine for us to 
soak up ourselves and drink ourselves for our own benefit. This is something that is to flow beyond us for the benefit of others. Why? So that people can encounter mercy, not judgment. There's a new way. Mercy, not judgment. And when you have new wine in a fresh new wineskin, what happens? Preservation. It says that. It's preserved. It's stewarded. It's cared for. It's tended. It's carried. It's continued through. That becomes the essence and the heartbeat. None is wasted. It's all stacked up. It's all in there. There is no point in us doing stuff if we're going to replicate everything we've ever done from before. We're not here. We haven't moved here. I've sort of said this in the last one. To tell all the other churches where they've got it wrong. This is the only way to do it. How pompous would we sound? And what would we be operating in? Judgment. Not mercy. Does it mean that it's wrong? That, that, that actually, should other churches be doing things different? Probably. Should we be doing things different? Probably. We've not got it all right. We've not got all the answers. We're not God's blessing to wherever we might be. But God is the blessing through us. We're going to get it wrong. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to upset one another. We're going to not understand things quite right. And that's where we need to be like these new wineskins, open, available, pliable, teachable, responsive, not dry, rigid, prone to cracking, breaking away. Church splits left, right and centre. The history of Seatonborne, church splits left, right and centre. God, save us from that. We don't want any of that. That is demonic. Isn't it? That is the epitome of disunity. And so as we preach about unity, what's the very thing that's going to be bring it? I'm not telling everyone where they've got to repent and sort it out. It is a group of people that would embody this new way. This is what Jesus is doing, sitting at the table, reclining with sinners and tax collectors. And everyone's like, what is this? This is a new way. And he explains, this is the new way. And then they see that they're not fasting. Hang on a minute, what's this? This is different than before. This is a new way. Does that mean we jettison anything that's holy? Prayer. We're not going to pray. We're just going to be a church. Do what we want. We're not going to pray. We're not going to fast. No, we're going to press in. That series that we did last summer, The Ancient Ways, we really want to be about that. We want to be about serving, about loving, about knowing that we're sent, about sacrificing our time. If any of you are too busy to make prayer meetings, to meet up with other believers, we're probably not the best church for you to be in. It's going to detract from what we're trying to be. It's going to detract from what Jesus has called us to do. I don't say that in any heavy way. I hope that you get that. But Jesus is saying, this is the new way. I guarantee all these other places, they all find the same thing. The church we came from before, it's the same thing. Call a family meeting where there's a scandal, everybody turns up. Call a prayer meeting, no one turns up. Too tired, too busy, too hungry. Had a COVID jab, not up for it. Fed up. Having a hard time. This is life. Friends, this is life. We won't compromise. We can't compromise. And when I say we, I mean my wife and I. And hopefully our kids. And those of you who are with us. We can't compromise on these things. Like, we don't want to be slavish. It can't be like, crack the whip. Gordon's cracking the whip again, guys. Pull your socks up. What would that be? Judgment. Not mercy. But when I sit with my kids at the table, you'll have to ask them. They might say, it don't come across like that, Dad. When we sit with our kids at the table and we have to have a stern word, I am hoping that there is a way out for them rather than a corner where they feel stuck, stuck in. And so when we have these 
chats where it's like, guys, come on, what does Sitting Bull need now? They need a new way. They need something new. We've got this amazing opportunity. And wherever you are, this, is, this isn't just for us. This is for you too, for your town. God wants mercy, not judgment. If the only reason we're clocking in and turning up is because the leader's going to crack the whip and tell you you're not doing good enough, then we've missed it. The heart of God is that it should be about mercy. But mercy doesn't leave us as we are. It changes and makes us more like Jesus. So then, guess what? When we're at the supermarket, when we're with friends and neighbours, from out of our heart, we have got a tiny little bit of mercy that we can give to someone else. Not judgment, but interestingly, when we're operating out of the old way, we're going to have the old wine. We're going to have the old judgment. And so a big thing for us as we enter this new season is what are the things that we need to leave at the door? I need you to hear not what I'm not saying. I had a couple of messages, people saying, we've just moved to the town. I know it's time, but I don't mind. I'll go for hours. Yeah, yeah, you can come up, yeah. I'll go all week. When people want to leave, they can leave. But what God wants to do is new. But what we're not saying is if you're new to the church or if you come from another background or if you've moved here from somewhere else, isn't that you've got to stop everything that you've ever done. What we're saying is that God probably wants you to leave some practices, some attitudes, maybe some brokenness at the door. And this is what we're trying to do. Like we've had a few things around that. Do you want to just say what you felt God was saying this morning? Yes, um, this morning I really felt that God wanted to um, break off some things off of some people. It's seemed to become through really clearly this week. Um, some people have had words that, and I'm just going to read them off. Yeah. So some people have said they really felt they needed to repent. And, and that leads to, in the verse we said earlier, it leads to forgiveness. If you want to be forgiven from the stuff you've done wrong, you need to repent. You need to take a minute, maybe, if you haven't done already, to just consider what is God saying to me? What is it that I've done wrong that I haven't actually set right with God yet for? And then the promise in 2 Chronicles that we read earlier is he will forgive your sins and he will heal your land. Um, another word we had this week that someone brought was let go. Let go, let go. Let go of the things that are holding you back. You know what those barriers are. <clears throat> if you've put them there or if other people have spoken lies over you, you need to let go of that because God will speak the truth to you and he will fill you with the Holy Spirit like those empty vessels we were talking about earlier. Hmm. And also another word, someone said, God's unlocked something in me. God wants to unlock things in your life and he said, he showed me what, he could, what could happen if I trust in him. I mean, isn't that awesome? If I just hand over my fears to him, my worries, my concerns, he showed me what could happen if. Are you, this morning, wherever you are, are you prepared to let go of some stuff? Are you prepared to let God come in and change your heart and mind? Because your life will be different. I promise you that if you do that, your life will be different. And um, I want to pray now, is that okay, Gordon? If we take a few minutes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And what then we'll we're going to do, yeah, we'll just do that now. We won't take communion. We were going to take communion. We will encourage you after we finish the live stream, you can do that on your tables if you've got time. Um, but yeah, do you want to pray and then we'll wrap things up? Yeah. So just take a minute or two just to think, consider before God, is there anything in your life that needs to be made right? Because I really felt that this morning God wants to break off addictions. He wants to take away your sin so that you know his forgiveness, his mercy and his love. That he wants to break off lies that you've spoken over people, perhaps, 
or that you have had spoken over you so that you can know freedom. Jesus died as a slave to sin so that we don't have to be slave to sins anymore. We can know freedom. We are sons and daughters of the kingdom because of everything Jesus has done. So we thank you, Father, that you care about our hearts, you care about our minds, and you care about us as individuals. Father, Lord, we thank you that you don't want us to be slaves to sin. You don't want us to be slaves to anything, but actually you want us to know your freedom. I pray as we stand here or sit here before you this morning that you will come and meet hearts and minds, that you'll bring to mind the things that need repenting of, the things that need to be letting go of, the things that need to be unlocked in people's lives. And give those people courage, courage to set those things aside, to bring them afresh to your cross, Lord Jesus, where they have died. All these things have died with you on the cross, all those negative things. I do pray for an end to to addictions. I pray for people to be aware of their sin and to repent, be remorseful and turn and see you so that your Holy Spirit can fill them up anew. As Gordon said earlier, we do pray. We know that there are spiritual forces that try and come in between us and you, God. Break it off now in the name of Jesus. We pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit to fill up our empty vessels where we've let go of stuff and for you to come and bring new things. We thank you that people this week have felt new faith for things. I thank you that I've felt a new authority, that other people have been freed to speak into, in tongues for the first time ever. God, we pray for these things. We know that you are a God of miracles. So I really believe as we repent, as we let go of things, that God's going to bring about healing in bodies, not just in minds. Mm. So God, come. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to come and strengthen bodies, to give courage to hearts this morning. Amen. Amen, yeah, just while we're in this moment, um, just keep your heads down. I just really, as Natalie was praying, I felt like there, was a, there would be a, like, a flash moment where you would almost have like an image or a word that would be a time for those of you who feel like you're under oppression. I want to underline you've not done anything wrong. What has happened is you've fallen in agreement with something that is trying to get a grip in your life. And, and, and you become a slave to it by falling into agreement with it. So a spirit of anger comes in when you have got angry. Sometimes with the right reason, but then that thing is allowed to get hold of you. And the spirit of religion is the same. And so I just felt like for a moment we should just wait. And that there would be like these little flashes. People would have a flash. And it's in that moment to say... Lord, would you deliver me from that moment? I fell into something, even not knowing, that has actually had a grip over my life since then, and I've not felt right, and I've not even recognised it's a spiritual thing. It's not that you've got to go away and sacrifice. You're going to engage and count mercy, because Jesus is the sacrifice. So Holy Spirit, we invite you now just to bring to the fore any moments where we have fallen into agreement with something that isn't of you, and unwittingly have given over that credit card, that authority to another who isn't about life, but is actually about trying to oppress us and bring death to us, physically, spiritually. I feel like in this moment, as we repent of that moment, that there, there will be genuine addictions, there will be sickness, mm. there will be injury, there will be arthritis that will be freed in Jesus' name. Yes, there will be breakthrough where we've fallen into something and something spiritual is affecting the physical whether that be your mind or your body. It could even be the, your, your mouth speaking negatively. 
the spirit of criticism. We rebuke the spirit of criticism now in Jesus' name. We say, would you be gone? And in its place, we call for a garment of praise. Holy Spirit, would you come and bring rejoicing now where there's been nothing but criticism and judgment? You speak life over everyone that's responded in faith. Mm. Holy Spirit, would you lead us and guide us? Mm. For your glory we pray. Amen. I'll just share um, a, picture, yeah, yeah. a picture that someone um, sent us through the week. It says, let go, let go, let go. I saw the shoots of new growth on the trees and how bright, perfect new leaves sprout out. Bright green, red, burgundy, new spring growth, perfect. Not marked, torn or damaged by the past season, but ready to feed and nourish the tree so that beautiful, healthy fruit can grow. So let go. Amen. Just really, yeah, and encourage you, as, as you've done business with God today, it's going to be a new opportunity for you not to just have life in yourself, but also in the kingdom. Do that back to me, mate. Great. Okay, well, we're going to wrap things up to a close. If you're, wow, I feel like I've done 10 rounds with Mike Tyson there. It's an intense morning. But Holy Spirit, we do thank you that your burden is light, your yoke is easy. And uh, if in any way you're here today or even at home and you feel like the Holy Spirit's been even prodding on something and you don't feel free of it, you might actually feel disturbed by it. You might feel the weight of it. Can I encourage you to get in touch with us? Do that online. We'll ring you as soon as we can. If you're here in the church plant, get in touch with us. God wants you to be free. That is your inheritance if you're a believer. And if you're not, he wants you to come into a right relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be here next week, 10 o'clock Sunday morning. We'd encourage you to connect in there. We hope you have a wonderful Father's Day if you're celebrating that. And uh, we hope you have a wonderful week. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, Lewis, if you could close the live stream, that would be brilliant.